Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. We are on day one of two podcasts a day. Yeah, you heard it right, two podcasts a day. Why am I doing two podcasts a day? Because uh, because we need to. Because um, I've had so many people ask, hey, do you have long-form content? Hey, can you uh, talk more about this? Hey, can you answer some questions? Um, so I wanted to start doing kind of a coffee morning uh, back and forth talk back podcast here. Um, still the supernatural podcast like I do every single day. But again, we're going to have two versions of it, kind of the morning understanding and then the afternoon understanding. Um, and again, why am I doing this? Because I need to. Um, you know, we can't build this thing that we're building if we don't get in front of people more. And it's really important to me to just be in front of you guys and, and have that open conversation as much as possible. I've gotten so many comments lately. Literally, I wake up every morning and there's, if not 1,000, there's more than 1,000 comments between all the different platforms. Um and it's gotten, and if it's not in the thousands, it's well into the five and six hundreds. And it's, it's to the point where I'm doing my absolute best to go through and answer all these questions um, in text form. But I think one of the best ways I can do that is just kind of gather that knowledge and then push it back out in a podcast form so that we can all stay on the same page. So a lot of the questions I've gotten recently have been on why are certain books of the Bible left out? Why have they been hidden from us? So I want to address this up front in the podcast today. Um, why have certain texts in the Bible been hidden from us? And let me just say this right now. No knowledge has been hidden from man. I believe in Christ. I believe in Christ's consciousness. And I believe that through that we have everything we need everything we need. Every bit of knowledge can be poured into man. It can be poured into you. You can have a prophecy. You can write it down. You can create a movie out of it. You can create a book out of it. You can create a podcast out of it, and you can pour that divine knowledge back into the world. The people that wrote the Bible, the texts at the Bible, we're not past the age of spiritual enlightenment or past the age of divine inspiration. So let's just understand that kind of from the get-go. Um, we put so much weight on this book, the Bible, and we assume that that's all there is. Or certain, certain groups of people, the, the, the groups of people that I came from, that I was raised in. Um, I grew up in kind of a, uh, a religious type um, homeschool cult, if that if that would uh, be the best term to describe it, um, and and I don't use that term loosely. I mean, there were some really really strong beliefs. That's why I talk about understanding rather than belief, because when you believe something, if someone knocks that out from under you, you have this reaction to it. When you understand something, anybody can introduce any new data into that. And it only expands your understanding, your understanding of this incredible world that we live in, this existence. Uh, Jay says, same here. What's up, Jay? How are you doing? Um, let's see. Who else do we have on here today? Hey, welcome, you guys. Thank you for being here. We've got a lot of people on today. Uh, so drop questions if you have any. Um, 
Any questions at all? Uh, Opportunity Sage, what is up? How are you doing? Jay says, doing well. Uh, Marie, welcome. Thank you very much for the hearts. Appreciate you guys. Sorry the dog's barking in the background here, but again, we do these live. We do them every single day. So So that's what I just want to encourage everyone today that we have everything we need. Um, So the picture behind me, this is Christ uh, with the enlightenment resting upon him and the speaking of life. This is some artwork that I make. Um, All my artwork goes on uh, my t-shirts. We've got um, tapestries and posters for like yoga studios, home offices, whatever you guys want to use them for. Um, So I'm also an artist. I do all these digitally, um, and I do do them through my storytelling using a specific AI software that helps me create the artwork. Um, but they are made by me, by the way. They're not; these are not just um, you know one-click images uh, like some of the AI software apps are. These are I tell it stories and uh, try to create series of images with certain colors, certain lighting conditions, uh, and certain painterly textures uh, that. Um, that's that's really hard to get. So why is he white? That's not realistic. Guys, uh, we got to stop playing that card. Like seriously, this is this is my Christ because look at me, okay? Your Christ is different. Uh Yeshua, by the way, was one of the Christs that walked the earth. There have been many Christs that have walked the earth. Now, he was the fullness of God at that time. But who's to say the fullness of God didn't walk the earth before him? We see Enoch, we see Noah, we see Elijah. Then we see the fullness of God, the logos of God in the Son, in Yeshua. Um, And I absolutely love uh, that whole story. And I love that uh, what he did for us, which is super, super important to uh, any of us ascending, uh, any of us returning to God, our, our consciousness to God. Uh, Christ in me, absolutely. Um, And so that is super, super important, uh, that whole story of Christ. Um, And I'm going to read some from it today, absolutely. Um, But as I learn, again, as I gain more understanding of all of this and even understanding, um, it's really important to to try to take all this data into one set and expand our, our consciousness, expand our uh, belief systems. So, uh, doesn't the Bible say only salvation is through Christ? Uh, what do you feel? Absolutely. I think it is only through Christ, but not in the way that most religions try to make it specifically Western evangelicalism. Um, I don't believe he's a little figure. I don't believe he's a man. I believe he is an entity and an energy part of the Godhead, father, mother, son, the product of the Divine Father and the Divine Mother's love together creates the Logos, which is the divine computation, which is how everything in our existence is even created. We can actually manifest through that, through our higher consciousness, when we join Christ consciousness. Um, to me, it is not a prayer. And I say to me, because it's going to be different to everyone. And the you know things that I say, there are people on here that are going to be like, hey, no, that's not it. No, you have to say the prayer. You have to do this. Hey, and that's fine. If that's your reality, then that's fine. Uh, I talked yesterday about reality being fluid and um, that we create that which we imagine. And once we really realize that, we can literally start living in a different world than other people do because we create that reality around us. We have 
the logos, the divine computation of God in us. And because that logos came and sacrificed itself to the angry gods of the Old Testament, uh, and I talk a lot about Yahweh, the angry God of the Old Testament, um, and how El Elyon is the father of Yeshua, of Christ. Um, so I talked a lot about that, and if, if you're not caught up on that, I don't want to get into all of that today, but you can go check out my other uh, episodes of the podcast where I get a lot deeper into that and show the different creation stories. I show the characteristics of the father or the pater that Christ talked about, um, which is El Elyon, and then I talk about the angry extraterrestrial gods of the Old Testament that we, we know visited. We saw that Yahweh came down in fire and smoke. I'm sorry, but God Most High doesn't do that. He's within us. Um, Christ said the kingdom is within you. It doesn't come from the clouds. He left all of these clues for us to realize what his actual true message was. And I'm going to share today a really cool verse, and you might see it in a brand new light that helps with that. So uh, let's see. Um, uh, let's see, because he went to the cross. Most people uh, are selfish. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the deal. It's like, you know, are, would we be willing to do that ourselves? And most people wouldn't like to save other people, right? Like that's the ultimate love. Um, and so, again, that's why I believe the fullness was in him because he, he came with his message. People treated him horribly. People didn't understand the message. They literally took him to the cross. Um, and so, but now I think in that act, he released us from that law, the old law of the extraterrestrial gods of the Old Testament and gave us a new law, the law of love. And once we interact with that, and we're going to see today in the text, um, is really, really interesting what can happen. So in our own lives and in the lives of people around us, uh, let's see, lots of questions here. Hey, what's up, Evan? How are you doing? Um, uh, computer program, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the logos can be thought of as that divine computation. Uh, we live in a matrix, right? And so, is the logos not what programs uh, the entire matrix that we're in, but also the higher realms of the matrix? So, uh, when you talk about New Jerusalem in Revelation, um, that the name will be seen by only one, uh, what is your view? I haven't gotten into Revelation yet because I'm still kind of studying it. I've studied it my whole life, but with my new understandings, um, I haven't decided what I think of it. Um, again, I talked yesterday about um, time and reality being fluid. Um, and so when we, we can literally create in the spirit, and then that can manifest in the physical realm. Whereas most people, you see that the, the scribes, and the scholars of the old law, they were all creating in the physical to get what they wanted in the physical. And that's called sorcery. Um, and we, through Christ, we create in the spiritual and then we can manifest it in the physical. And that's called magic, the magi. Uh, you look at the order of Melchizedek. Uh, Christ is the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Um and so we have that whole narrative, too, that most of us miss when we read through the text. We try to think of Christ being uh, kind of the culmination of the old law, when really he came to say, hey, that's done. The old gods, your reign is over, buddies. Like, you're done, okay? And I'm going to take a stand against what happened on Mount Hermon, and that's what we're reading in Book of Enoch, 
where the watcher race of fallen angels came uh there's the holy angels still but there was also the watchers they fell they created their own humanities they taught sorceries they taught how to manifest in this physical realm how to get what you want basically they taught the arts of war seduction all of those things we talked about that uh yesterday's episode and uh so ended up being very very interesting um where you have a whole historical timeline play out because of that and yet you still had these christs come uh you had enoch he walked with god and then was no more you had noah he was perfect in all of his generations that perfect by the way wasn't without sin uh he was perfect as in from the original creation not marred by what the gods were doing with their experiments I know this stuff gets out there, but um, that, that's just what my understanding has led me to here and all the research I've done and the data I've found. Uh, your art is phenomenal. Thank you so much, uh, Kariz. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, we've got some really cool, um, cool new shirts. I'll show you guys one of them. Uh, this one is called Guardians of the Tree. And I love this one. This kind of represents the tree of life, tree of knowledge. You know, those fabled trees that we hear about in so many texts. I mean, whether you read Norse mythology, uh, Hebrew, Sumerian, you, you, there's always some trees. You know, you, you talk about uh, the, the family trees, the trees of life, the trees of knowledge. They're in like almost every culture. <clears throat> but I have to believe if these things are around somewhere, they have guardians, angels that guard them from the powers of darkness and so I put these different types of UFO craft in there. And as we talk about in other episodes, uh, you know, we have these angelic beings are often manifest through these crafts. Um, they come down from the stars, from the heavens, um, and they live with men. They help uh, humanity in some cultures. Uh, in Enoch, we see that they uh, led humanity astray and tried to mess up God's plan. Uh, but we have to believe there's still holy angels, right? So... There's probably plenty of agents of good that are helping maintain the systems on our planet. Uh, Dan Aykroyd has a great uh, podcast on Joe Rogan where he talks about these UFO craft coming and repairing uh, the firmament above the earth. Uh, different things like that where the astronauts had seen that. Um, certain stories. you know, I can't corroborate any of that, but uh, I find it fascinating. So that was kind of my inspiration for this. And this is one of the brand new shirts on... Uh, the website now, it's over in my profile link uh, for anybody that wants to check it out. But uh, getting back to the study here, so um, I believe time filters out heaven, amen. That would make sense. That's a really good point, by the way. Who said that? Let's see. Um, Jeff, yeah, what's up, Jeff? How are you, man? Uh, I believe time filters out heaven, Jeff says. Um, here's why that, that's a really intriguing thought. Uh, time is a construct of this physical matrix that was created, uh, I believe, in the second maker creation, not the original divine creation, but the second maker creation, when the perfect Garden of Eden was created as the perfect prison for Adam and Eve, who were just shells of the original creation, kind of a creation on top of a creation on top of a creation, right? <clears throat> um and again, that's just my weird belief. But if time filters out heaven, so say that's true, um, that would actually explain why uh, you have these meditative practices. 
And I believe Christ practiced them, by the way. He went into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted, he meditated, he prayed. Uh, you know, he transcended the physical matrix and probably time and space at that point. Um, and he knew exactly how to do that. And he came to teach us, by the way, not just offer us new doctrine that we can go sit in a pew every Sunday and hope for the best and hope that we get home before the football game starts. No, he came to show us our true power. I mean, I really believe that, guys. I really believe that he came to show us how to meditate, how to pray, how to live, how to love each other, how to be one tribe. Um, and a lot of people, you know, say, oh, quit making him white. Well, guys, this is, he he in me, the Christ in me is going to look like me, right? My image is his image, his image is my image. So you're going to have a different Christ. Go make your own artwork. Like, uh, you know, we know that the biblical Yeshua was an Eastern, a dark, olive-complected Eastern man. But let's quit arguing about that. This represents something completely different. Speak life. Think life. You know, like, I'm big on chakras. I, I don't know a ton about them, but I love that idea. We do have energy centers in our body. Our body still is connected. So, by the way, let me get back to that, you know, filters out uh, heaven. So, if you, if you meditate long enough, you can lose track of time and space and even reality. And so, if that's true, you know, what is the kingdom of God other than transcending this physical realm and being able to project ourselves into a higher realm, our consciousness connected with the God consciousness, Christ consciousness, um, and that's what I want to talk about today. Of I have everything I need, and so do you. And a lot of the questions I've been getting recently, and that's why I want to just blanket answer all these questions. Why was the book of Enoch left out? Well, it wasn't left out because it's here. You can read it online now. And by the way, the oral tradition of that has been around for a very long time. And by the way, people even like Nostradamus, I've got a Nostradamus book that I'm about to start reading and sharing on here. Um, he had prophecies. How many people have had prophecies and divinely inspired words of knowledge all throughout history, whether they were written down or put into movies? We just did a, a live stream on the Matrix movie as, uh, as scripture, as prophecy, as the Gnostic gospel in, in the movie. Um, and so for those that see, those that see it, that divine knowledge is still everywhere. It has not been lost. And I'm not talking about the divine knowledge that the watchers had because we know in Enoch the, that God says to Enoch to tell the watchers, you have taught heavenly knowledge, but you knew worthless knowledge. Basically saying, hey, I, I have knowledge that I'm going to send back into the world that is no, yours is nothing compared to that. All the sorcery you brought and I use the term sorcery as in you do a physical enchantment on the earth to get something physical out of the physical matrix. You manipulate the physical matrix to get something out of the physical matrix. Christ came to teach that you tap into the spiritual matrix to receive something in the spirit. And that something in the spirit prepares you to now see it in the physical. That is kingdom manifesting. That is what Christ came to teach us. The kingdom is within us. The Logos is within us. We are now sons and daughters of the Most High God. And by the way, the hold of the old gods has no bearing over us anymore. It has been fulfilled. It is finished. He said it is finished. He also said, not one iota of the law will pass away until I've done what I'm going to do. 
And then on the cross, he says, it is finished. That's what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about, oh, I've saved all these lowly sinners. No, he's saying, I fix what you screwed up. Ye heavenly beings, you extraterrestrial gods, you sons of God, you fallen angels, I have repaired the timeline that you broke, and now God's people can talk directly to him again. Amen. Yeah, wow. Wowzers. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what are your thoughts on the Ark of the Covenant in the context of the Watchers of Enoch? Ark of the Covenant, I believe, was extraterrestrial technology. I do not believe, personally, it was God Most High speaking through it. I believe it was Yahweh Elohim, the extraterrestrial God of the Old Testament, who often would do the will of the Most High God, but often did whatever the heck he wanted to. Um, and you could bargain with him. He required blood sacrifices. Um, he was angry. He was not the representation. If you hear every description of the father that Christ talks about, there's no way it's Yahweh guys. There's just no way. Um, I, that is an unpopular thing to say because there's so many theological systems built on that premise that that is really hard. And in fact, I have people in my own life that really struggle with that. Even though I can show them, look at Genesis 1, look at Genesis 2, look in Job, uh, look at the characteristics of Yahweh versus El Elyon, look at the order of Melchizedek, God Most High, El Elyon, um, look at the Sumerian beliefs of El, the God of Gods, the Most High God who was married to Asherah. They had a son, and they also had a bunch of other sons. Those other sons fell out of line. It falls with the same understandings that you get in Enoch through Genesis. Then you come to the Exodus. Why is that important? Because that's after Tower of Babel, right? When God Most High says, I will spread you amongst the nations and among your gods. Okay, he wasn't just saying, I'm going to send you with your, your idols of gold and wood. No, he was literally sending them out amongst the gods like, go ahead have at it. See if your gods take care of you. Because he knew they wouldn't. And there's this narrative playing out. Um, and then around that time, Yahweh says, I'm going to take Israel as my portion. So now we're following a narrative of Israel playing out. And then we hit the time of Christ. But I wonder how many other cultures in that time that narrative was playing out. And in fact, we know that because we have multiple Abrahamic belief systems. We have uh, Egyptian belief systems that we're playing out. You see, Joseph, Joseph was in Egypt. Like, you see all this connectivity, and I just have to believe, and that's, that's just where I'm at in my understanding now, that Christ came to talk about a different father that we all have. We all have connection to right now. We can all transcend to right now because of what he did through him. And it's not through the religious figure of him. It's not through the prayer of salvation through him. It's through the rejection of the physical realm. Saying, I'm going to manifest in spirit now. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek truth. And I want to find love and light and oneness within me. And I want to find that Christ consciousness, that Christ frequency, that inner light. I'm going to become like a child and say, forget everything I think I know. It's time to step into something new. And be reborn. Some say that that rebirth is actually a actual rebirth. That you enter a new timeline and you're born as a new person. 
Some say it's just an inward thing with your heart. Some say it's actually a reincarnation that as you go up this ladder, you actually get reincarnated and you become more and more like Christ so that this this entire narrative is filled with Christ. I'm just telling you what some people say. I'm not saying any of what I'm saying is 100% right. I'm just saying this is my understanding. These these are the points. So uh, read between the lines. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's see. Let me grab some questions here. Um, he is in us literal connecting with the spirit of love and frequency, not man's wanting definition. Amen, Jeff. Absolutely, absolutely. I totally believe that. Um, uh, what about RA? So RA, like you're talking about the genetic lines and stuff. Um, I don't know about that. I haven't gotten into it. Part of the reason I haven't got into that is there are certain things these platforms don't like us to talk about. And I want to protect this community. I want to protect these channels. And I want to make sure that we don't, you know, breach the, um, what's, what's okay to talk about on these. And I'm not saying I'm trying to censor myself, but at the same time, I'm not an expert on that. I don't know anything about that. Um, for all I know, God is upgrading me metaphysically and physically, the higher I get in my understanding and the more I step into my divine purpose. And that's very possible. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that, but, uh, what do you think about baptism? Is it necessary? So, uh, like he followed with water baptism. Here's what's really interesting. Water baptism. Water is obviously a holy thing in a lot of different scriptures. Now, El, the God of gods in the Sumerian culture, this is pre-biblical culture, and even some say pre-Diluvian culture, like where you had a system of beliefs even before the flood. So like all of the stuff before that that we don't even have written down that you had El God of gods who was represented by a bull, okay? And then that bull was also the God of water because water is malleable and it could transmute anything and translate anything. And so now we have water baptism and we have all these processes around it. I, I personally believe there's something to the spoken word when someone has water on them. I pray in the shower every morning. I pray out loud in the shower. I believe that that water magnifies what I'm saying. And I'm not saying in, a, in an incantation kind of way, but I think there is something to vibration, something to water. There is something about it that it is the fluid that everything is made out of. There's, there's water in everything in our universe, right? Like we know that there's water out there amongst the stars. There's water here on earth. We're made of water. Um, it's literally a divine substance that flows through everything. And so why could baptism be important? Not in the Christian view of it so much as the renewal view of it. The I am washing the old off. I'm stepping into the new. I'm ready for this new timeline. Um, I accept truth and love and light and oneness. And I reject my ego and I reject the physical realm around me. And I choose to manifest in the spirit so that I can then... Uh, affect the physical matrix and wake up more souls. And to me, that is the gospel, not this thing we've made it where we have deified Jesus, but rather 
him coming to create more Christs, not a new doctrine. Because immediately in Acts, we see that the old law and the old temples were recreated in the new church systems. Immediately you see arguing. Immediately you see hierarchies being built. Immediately you see battles between the early believers and the Gnostics and all these different sects. And to me, that's a problem. Because we took this beautiful message that should unite the entire world and we turned it into a new doctrine and a new process and a new methodological, um, you know, one step, two step, three step. Oh, and by the way, this person's better than this person. They've got to resent, you know, they've got to take these arguments and do this. And you immediately had a brand new governmental agency set up out of as soon as Christ was crucified going forward. And to me, that's a sign. And when I read the epistles, I struggle, guys. Like, I'm just, I'm being honest here. I struggle with a lot of the Old Testament because I don't see that that's the God that I've experienced. And I don't think that Christ's sacrifice changed God. I don't think that God is so multi-layered that, you know, he can be this really angry uh, kind of lower life form is what it seems like. Obviously, a higher life form than us. He can destroy stuff. He brings fire and smoke. You know, Yahweh in the Sumerian culture was one of the sons of El. He was the god of storms. And then you see that literally in the Exodus. You see that literally, by the way, in uh, Aboriginal culture in Australia. Their, their god, Baime, would descend in fire and smoke on Mount Yengo. He brought the law on how man was supposed to live with each other. But they also had another god. Baime was the maker god. The creator god was the divine serpent, the rainbow serpent in the sky, who created with his very breath. What does that sound like? And why might that be beneficial to our newer understanding of the Garden of Eden story when the snake comes to speak life into the garden? The snake didn't get them kicked out of the garden. The snake, to me, revealed the prison of that matrix and that perfect garden. And then Yahweh kicks him out of that garden and he's like, hey, all right, fine. I tried to make it perfect for you. Now I'm going to make you suffer. And I'm still going to reign over you. And then Christ comes and he says, no more. All of you gods of the Old Testament, all of you gods of the Egyptian, all of you Sumerian gods, all of you other sons of God, all of you fallen angels, you're done. Your reign is over. And I'm returning them back to God. The true God. El Elyon. The one that there is no religion made on. Let me say that again. There is no religion based on El Elyon. That I know of personally. That religion is something truly inward. Truly esoteric. And that truly transcends anyone's understanding or doctrinal theology it is personal. It is Christ within you. It is love and light. And your, when you stop and help someone on the side of the road, when you give food to the needy, when you trade everything that you thought you were building in life for something, for the hope of something much deeper and much richer, which, by the way, I've done. I'm in the middle of that right now. I traded my house, my business, my cars, Everything I had, I traded for this thing I'm doing now. That's why I push my t-shirts. That's why I push my book. 
because I want to do this full time as long as I can, as long as I'm on this earth. I'm going to step into this role. I want to awaken souls and I want to unite people. I'm not here to argue with people. So many people on here argue and they want to say, this is this, this is that. I'm not here telling you one way or another. I'm just telling you the truth is within you. That's all I'm here to say. So, Rabbi means teacher, absolutely. El Elyon is an attribute, not a name. I totally understand that, by the way. Um, but God Most High is who I'm talking about. The Divine Father, the one above all, whatever you want to call him. Uh, as a means to differentiate, we don't even have a name for him, by the way. As a means to differentiate the true God from the extraterrestrial gods in the Old Testament. So, uh, from Yahweh, from Baal, from those type of gods. Why do you think uh, Yahweh hated the Asher poles? Because they were a reminder of Asher, the mother, the divine mother, and the divine father, and the divine son, the true son. Why is it only begotten son? It's the favored son, the original son. The son that all other things were created through, by the way, even all the other sons of God. Um, why did JC practice Judaism? Uh, he was a rabbi. Okay, so he practiced Judaism because that's what he was born into. Um, and by the way, he practiced a lot more. We have a ton of his life where we don't have any data from it. And I don't think he was just out partying with his friends. Uh, there's a lot of people that believe, including myself, that he went and studied other Eastern religions, he practiced other faiths, and that he came back with the culmination and the pieces of all of them, because he was the fullness of God, he was fulfilling all prophecies, not just one Hebraic prophecy, um, if that makes sense. So, uh, Do you believe in evolution? I believe in forced evolution. I believe in extraterrestrial upgrades throughout humanity and throughout time. Um, I don't believe that life on its own evolves. I believe it was originally created perfectly. And then every evolution that we see is actually the result of modification and manipulation by extraterrestrial gods. Uh, so that's my weird belief. You don't have to follow me in that, but I do believe that. So, um, Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't really like, uh, so Yahuwah is God's name, not Yahweh. Uh, I don't quite understand the whole Yahuwah thing just because I'm not Hebrew roots. Um, again, I'm, I'm here exploring the universal God, the universal Christ, the one that, that literally unites, uh, Buddhist and Muslim and Zoroastrian and agnostic and atheist and new age and every, belief system on the planet because I believe we are all one tribe and I believe his message was universal and not one religious message and we have turned it into that and so that's what I'm here to do um, and and so when you talk about like well that's God's name well that is from the Hebrew root um, and so that's why I don't really use that in fact I've got a Hebrew roots Bible I've got an et sefer over here that has everything uh, in the Hebrew roots translation. So, um, and, and I love that, and I learn a lot from it. But again, I got really into Hebrew roots, and I just kind of found that I was beating my head against the wall with that. And once I started to explore the universal Christ, that's when everything changed for me. And that's when he finally became real to me again. I was really struggling with 
the Jesus or the Yeshua of the Hebrew Roots movement, and I just couldn't I couldn't connect with him. And once I kind of opened it up and went, wait a minute, Christ is universal. He's the culmination of every puzzle piece that everybody has a little piece of that puzzle. Every belief system has a little piece of that puzzle. And he was the culmination of all of that. He was the divine logos of God walking the earth to unlock that within us. Um, So anyway, um, let's see. I was like, uh, what is this guy spitting out? How his... uh, the evangelicals are flipping out. Yeah, I, I'm definitely, um, I don't want anyone to flip out at my message, by the way. I'm not here. I don't want to offend anyone, but I'm, unfortunately, you can't even uh, go to the grocery store without offending anyone these days. So um, I'm really just here to try to have an open conversation. And I did a whole live stream yesterday on open-mindedness, the art of open-mindedness. And that's really what this community is. It's a lot of people that are super open-minded. We say, what if? We look at reality as fluid. We look at timelines as optional with our choice to spiritually step into them. And once we spiritually step into them, then they manifest physically. Not the other way around. We don't do the sorcery thing here where we think if we do this or we bargain with God, we're going to get that. Or if we offer this type of thing as a sacrifice or if we do you know light a certain circle of candles we do that no that's not that and by the way that's not even new age um that's actual sorcery that was talked about in uh the old doctrines and christ came to go hey you don't have to do all that all you're doing with that is just calling down the false gods false not meaning they're not real but meaning that hey they're not going to give you spiritual treasure they're not going to give you uh, everlasting life. They're not going to allow your spirit to transcend time and space. And he came to show us how we can reign over all, by the way. And I can read a scripture about that from uh, Gospel of Thomas. Um, let me open that actually real quick. So, And then I'll take a couple of questions. Um, without Judaism, where would we even know about a single God? Um, see, and that's you know, that's okay. Sure. Um, but I don't think, see, you got to understand that the single God predated Judaism by thousands of years. Um, just because there were pantheons of gods didn't mean there wasn't a God of gods. Again, L, it was just L by the way, we add Elion meaning God most high, but L was God of gods. He was represented by the bull and the water. And again, I think when the Israelites were worshiping the golden calf, we now say that that was Baal, but I think they were actually remembering the God of gods. And Yahweh got really upset about that because then his little plan of the Ten Commandments was not going to unfold very well if they started worshiping in truth and spirit. And then Christ came and said, the day will come when you will worship my father. Is differentiating my father in truth and in spirit. Um, so, Aya Asher, Aya is what uh, God has called itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's where I get like the uh, the father, mother, son ideology from, like that divine triad of the Godhead as one, but operating in separate parts. The Holy Spirit to me is a feminine. Uh, breath and guidance. It is uh, a mother that guides, not uh, a masculine 
breath to make me do something, but like a, a comforting mother and a guide. Um, and then the divine father again is that divine father, uh, L the God of gods, the origin of all things, that spark of creation. Um, and then the love between those two created the sun, the logos, right? Again, all of this being metaphysical and spiritual, because to me, they're beings that are much larger than can be contained in a physical body. And then you see the gods of the Old Testament. You see the physical body. You see the physical manifestations. And I think that the only manifestations we can see of the Father, Mother, and the Son are through us. Because they can take place in us and the miracles in our life. We see them in the stars. We see them in the divine computation of the entire universe and all the realms. And by the way, all the other beings that are higher than us, that can travel to different realms. But we see them as an archaic people and we go, that's a God. And I'm going to worship that God because it brought me something. And Christ is saying, hey, you see that, you know, these gods brought you things in, in the times of old. But now I'm here to bring you a new covenant. I'm here to bring you something new. I'm here to reunite you with the truth of who you are. And who God is in you. I don't know. That's just my weird thought. So I hope that um, I hope you guys are picking up what I'm dropping here. So um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Lots of comments, but some of them are out of context because I've moved on. I'm sorry. Uh, the universe created life, awareness, and intelligence in and of itself. Everything adds up to one. Amen. Absolutely. I definitely believe that too. So I pray people will use the perception of our day, not the more limited, uh, side of Bible times. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I think we have like a day has come when we have access to the book of Enoch. We have access to the new prophets. We have access to the old prophets. We have access to everything. And to me, I can read it all, I can take in all the data, and I can still see that thread, that divine thread of authenticity and oneness in all of it. And I think that there's a gift in that. Quantum physics, absolutely. Love quantum physics. I'm a big quantum physics guy. Uh, a lot of the things he's saying also fits uh, with Kabbalah. Yeah, that, so probably does. I don't know a lot about Kabbalah. Um, I just kind of reveal what my understanding is through all of this, so... I'm not following any like pre whatever doctrine and I've I've heard people say that I sound like I study Kabbalah and I've never studied Kabbalah so just FYI but um let's see uh burning bush Adams body of Jesus Adams the creator yeah and, and here's why I think that we see that like um because there's all these interpretations that the biblical the biblical accounts are all for things going on inside our body. Here's why I think that is. Here's why I also think they historically happened. Here's why I also think that prophecy and time is cyclical. Um, is because I think, as above, so below. I think that when you get to the atomic realm, or you get to the quantum realm, really, um, and possibly even smaller than that, that we haven't even been able to discover, then immediately you hit macro again. But I also think if you go to the macro level... The, uh, the galactic level, as large as you could get, as big as you can make God or yourself or, or whatever, uh, then immediately you hit quantum realm again, or the smallest realm, whatever we would call it, whenever we discover it. Um, 
again, I think as above, so below, everything that is huge is also tiny. Everything that is tiny is also huge. I don't even have a great way to describe it, but I think that everything is connected in a literal circle, in a symbiotic relationship. What we do here affects out there. What we do out there affects here. And that's why I think Christ came to teach manifesting in the spirit. We can then see it here, changes our reality here. So, um, let's see. Do you believe people are in hell right now or do they, uh, deep sleep? So I don't, I have a weird belief about that too. I don't believe in like the doctrinal hell. Um, I believe that when you like pass here that you're asleep until it's time for you to wake again. I also believe in reincarnation. I believe that, uh, there are souls. I believe they get downloaded into the physical um, and I believe that there's a very good chance that we might be born again into a different type of realm as we ascend and we become Christ more again towards the macro and then we come to the micro again. And so again, I don't think it's as simple as that you have 80 years to figure it out. And if you don't, then you're SOL. I just don't believe that. And I don't believe that a loving God of light and oneness and, and, uh, truth would ever create anything like that. Um, all of that comes from, again, a lot of ancient beliefs with like Sheol and the underworld and stuff like that. Uh, do I believe in the outer darkness where matter, light, time, space, uh, love, all of that cease to exist? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that outer darkness is where the fallen ones who led humanity astray um, and the ones who actively lead humanity astray that are just working on their behalf, that that energy will go to be extinguished. And that will be the worst thing. To me, that's worse than any hell because um, I want to exist. I want to join the divine light. I want to join the divine collective. Um, I believe I'm already joined to it. And I want to continue that, continue my mastery of this understanding as I move into another life, as I'm reborn as a new being, um, or as my energy just joins that collective and gets recreated into new creations all around creation. I mean, if you've ever watched Men in Black, the very last scene of Men in Black, you, you're, you're zooming out from the earth and you see the galaxies and the stars and everything, and then all of a sudden it comes out of a marble. And it literally is like that thing where you just go and you see how tiny we are and you go and you think it's going to end. But then all of a sudden it's a marble. And now these beings are playing with it. These extraterrestrials are playing with the marble and they've got a whole bag of marbles. And it makes you wonder because it's like, where did that thought come from? Again, I think God inspires all of these thoughts. And I think reality is much weirder than we think. Do I think that we're being played with? by big extraterrestrials as a marble, not necessarily, but, um, I do think that again, as you pull out, as you zoom out far enough, you realize how small it is. As you zoom in far enough, you realize how large it is. Um, and so that's kind of my thought on my quantum thoughts, if you will. So, uh, secret disciple says false. Hey, sure. Could be false. Uh, I don't know. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying these are the, the ideas I have in my head. These are the inspirations I have. And as I learn and ascend and put them together and we share as a community. So if you say that's false, secret disciple, uh, please share what you believe is true. Uh, and that's what we're here to do, by the way. We're not here to argue. And no one is right here, by the way. No one is right. I'm not even right. 
God is the only thing that is right. And he pours pieces of that through people all over the place. And if we could just stop and learn from each other, we might actually experience God rather than arguing semantics the whole time. So, uh, Jesus himself said people would do think greater things than he did. Amen. Thank you very much, Michael. I appreciate that. Um, let's see. Uh, Secret Disciple says, I've dealt with demons. I'm really sorry to hear that. That is not something anybody wants to deal with. Uh, unfortunately, those things can really wreck your life. Um, I know I have as well. I have as well um, from childhood through my young adulthood. Um, I had been tormented by them uh, through various addictions and stuff like that. So, um, and, and more than just addictions, like actual real entities that I knew were feeding off my life force, trying to end my life. And it was finally when I, I didn't say yes to uh, the, the church Jesus. I still had these things torturing me when I was following the church Jesus. Um, it wasn't until, honestly, it wasn't until 2012 and let's see, I'm even going to go. It, it, was, it was more recent than that. It was probably closer to like 2019, 2020 when I finally started saying yes to the Christ of light, the Christ within me, the, the, the Christ that actually loves me and wants to create through me and become me. Uh, and once I started saying yes to that and going, Hey, maybe all this stuff, maybe all the things, all the, the one, two, three, one, two step, three step, you know, processes, maybe all of that is just leading me into deeper darkness. And maybe if I just put all of that aside and say, Hey, I don't know what you are. And I certainly don't think that you're what, you know, these doctrinal theologies say you are. But I think you do love me. And I think that if you have a purpose for me, I need to experience you now. Or I don't know if I'm going to make it. And once I started doing that and, and I said, and it was, it was one night I put my hand on this bicycle. And I tell the story almost every live stream. And it was in 2020. The whole world was being shook. And I finally said, Lord, I'm going to give it all up. Like I said, literally, I give it all up. Like the house, my business, this bike. I just bought this awesome bike. I still have the bike, which is cool. It's an electric bike I got in uh, Colorado, a mountain bike. Um, I said, you know, Lord, I'll give it all back to you. I said, I don't even care about it anymore. I just want truth. I want you. I want love. I want light. And I want to step into my divine purpose. I want to step into a reality where I'm actually doing what you want me to do. I'm actually doing what I'm called to do. And I'm actually experiencing love with people around me. I'm actually happy. I'm actually joyful. I'm actually experiencing you in every way, in every day. And I'm actually activating on the promises that you said you wanted to give me. Because I've read them in the Bible. I've heard people talk about them. And if Christ really saves, then actually save me. And help me to meet the real Christ. Not the church one, but the real one. And I said, I'm ready to start my life's work. And I remember that day forward, everything started shaking harder and harder and harder. Like a tree would shake in the wind and all of this bad fruit fell out of my life. People, business accounts, thought patterns, ego started shaking out of my life at a rate that was very, very uncomfortable. And you might say, oh, that was just 2020. That did it to everyone. Great. 
God was talking. The Bible talks about birth pains. I had some birth pains. Because on the other side of that, Christ was birthed within me. Not a person, not a historical figure, not a color of skin, but light. And there's a whole movement right now going around saying Luciferian on, oh, light. The people that are bringing light, it's false. Guys, that's exactly what the Matrix wants you to think. Because light extinguishes darkness and the darkness is always going to call the light false. And that's the only time I'm going to say that on this live stream. So, do you think Enoch had uh, like a mental illness? Uh, that's why he can speak to both sides. Like who's to say that those, like I have ADHD or ADD or whatever you want to call it. Everybody says I do. I don't know. A doctor said I did long, long ago. They tried to give me all kinds of pills, which I ended up getting rid of. I never even took them. It's been the biggest gift in my life. Sometimes what God gives as a gift, the matrix will call something else. And a lot of times those which you're talking about, user 84, um, that one can be so violent that it really destroys people. And I don't think God gives that kind of thing. Um, I think those, this is just my belief, I think those are demonic entities. And I think Christ came and literally healed those. I hope that makes sense. So I try not to talk about, you know, any of those wellness type things on, on the internet because the internet doesn't like that. So, um, let's see, forgive me. Ego is a little lifted in like mindness. Um, let's see. Are you in the new age movement slash Christ consciousness? Absolutely. Absolutely. I am. Uh, and I don't demonize it like a lot of people do. Like, um, you know, there, there's two different, here's the deal. New age movement is a blanket term, just like angel. How many, there's millions of types of angels. Um, and you throw a blanket term out there like new age and try to demonize it. No, I don't sit here and pray over crystals. No, I don't, uh, light candles and herbs and stuff like that. And, and pray to different gods and stuff like what people are trying to say new age is. It is a new age, guys. The hippie movement was one of the most beautiful movements on earth. If you go and study, now it had a lot of problems, don't get me wrong. But I think Christ was within that in the 1960s. Love and oneness and light. Of course, we, we added our own stamp of humanity to it and made it about you know sex, drugs, and rock and roll. If I can even say that on here. Um, but... I think at the core of it, people coming together, loving one another, becoming one consciousness, becoming the organism of humanity, the consciousness of humanity, of Christ, was a beautiful thing. Christ told us to be of one mind. Um, he talked about seeking spiritual enlightenment, and he said, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So, I've been asking for enlightenment, for oneness, for truth, for light, for love, 
for to start living my authentic reality. One that I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. One that I know that I gave up the business, everything, that I'm, I'm on the path I'm supposed to be. And I had dreams all night last night. The reason I called this, I have everything I need, is, is you need to know this too. Anyone watching, stop labeling stuff, first off. Stop labeling things, oh, is that new age or Christ consciousness? Because if, you'll be, if you can be willing to take in data sets from all different belief systems, and you truly have Christ in you, all of that will filter through that light, and all will be left, is that truth and love and light and oneness. And that's what I've discovered, by the way. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. No longer are you threatened by these other, you know, thoughts or movements or whatever, but you can just start to bring light with you wherever you go. And certain people are attracted to that. Like, what does he say? Like, my sheep know my name. They know my voice. And so, again, we've, we've turned him into a person and like, well, we're the sheep, we're the lowly sheep, let's do what we need to do. It's like, no, listen for his voice. His voice is in everything. And so that's kind of where I approach it from. I hope that makes sense. But I, let me get to my dream last night. Uh, Kimberly says, I love this message. Thank you, Kimberly. I appreciate you. Um, Stones are in the Bible. Uh, stones are not evil or wicked. By the way, neither are serpents, I don't think. Um, in fact, I think there's a lot to show that serpents are divine. Uh, free will versus predestination. Um, I believe in both. I believe in free will because I believe in, in reincarnation. And I think if you screw up now, then you get another chance. You screw up then, you get another chance. Like, I just think that God loves us so much that we can just recreate back into existence um, until the time where, you know, the Bible talks about the consummation, the final, whenever that is. Um, but you get, you know, we may have lived hundreds of lives before. We don't know. Um, and that free will has led us to this moment. Is it predestined that I'm here speaking this right now? Maybe. Have I spent many lifetimes before trying to get to this point starting out in darkness and ending in light i don't know but it's possible and and we see that there's many belief systems that talk about that and christ never spoke directly on that by the way you got to understand what we have the words of christ that's what i look at the words of christ i look at the Gnostic Gospels, and I look at the Canon Gospels. Everything around that is a sandwich to mask the flavor of the meat in the middle. If you've ever had a hamburger that's got a lot of buns and lettuce and tomato and all this stuff, and you're like, oh, that's too much and there's this much meat, you know, go for the meat. That's, that's the part I'm interested in. What did Christ actually say? Was he an ascended master? Was he a prophet? Was he the Messiah? That's up to you to decide. Who do you say he is? But for me, he's all of the above. And I want to hear what he has to say in the text and in me. Not what my brain tells me, but what the divine mind tells me. That's what I want to know. Um, so anyway, my dream real quick, and then I'll look at some questions. The other night I had a dream about a house. 
uh, we had to sell, we had a beautiful house in the country and in order to be where I'm at right now, I had to let that go and it broke my heart. I loved that house. It was beautiful. I had an acre and a half of land. We had beautiful sunsets. I get emotional just talking about it. We had some news in our life. One of our biggest, biggest contracts, uh, gave me a pretty short amount of time to, to end that contract. Um, and that was I'm not mad about it or anything because it, it brought me here, but it hurt. It hurt. It was a contract I didn't think would ever go away. And if it did, I thought there would be a lot more disclosure on when and why and giving me time to adjust. Um, because it was, it was one that I had a lot of friends and family around that contract. And I thought, I thought I'd be fine. Um, and so it went bye-bye. And I, and again, I'm not mad about it and I'm not trying to call anyone out. It just, it shook me to my core. And the only thing to do at that point was go to zero. And one of my mentors is Grant Cardone. And say what you will about him. People have polarizing opinions on him. But one of the things he taught me, and he, I've been on calls with him and got to talk to him directly. I've been to his conferences. He wrote a book called The 10X Rule. Um, one of the things he taught during 2020, I went through a program with him and, and a few other people in 2020. Uh, he taught going to zero. And when there's a shaking thing like that, you've got to contract so that you can expand just like a, a snake goes before they strike. And so that's where I'm at right now. I'm contracted and I still am. And God's getting ready to strike and expand me and, and push me back out into a brand new beautiful reality that I have that I could never have made. Because as before, the house I had before was made. It was made by me, my business. Yeah, God gave me all those things, but it was made. It was kind of like, you know, I'm getting in there and I'm making it. And we got this house and we fought for it the whole way. And we got approved for it. And it was this whole thing. And, you know, um, it, it, but the reality I'm stepping into now is going to flow. And it's going to be so much bigger and so much more beautiful. So much more opportunity. Um, and it's coming because it's manifest in the spiritual realm, not the physical realm. Everything I had before was built on the physical realm. And what I'm going to get now, the life I'm going to get, I believe God has a brand new house on the way for me. Maybe not a brand new one, but a new one to me. Uh, I believe that the land I had is going to be expanded. I believe that I'm going to be able to build a spiritual center where people can come and do workshops, a proper studio where we can do this. I can live stream all day, every day. Um, this is, this is going places guys. And I, and I believe that because the most high in me believes it. God of gods within me that I'm connected to believes it and is showing it to me. And so I had these dreams, you know, we thought we moved here and we thought we'll have this place. And we moved to a smaller house in a proper neighborhood. And, um, we've got the train outside that blows the horn all the time and neighbors playing music and, um, and I love all my neighbors, but I'm, I'm ready to get back to the peace of the country. And I believe that's coming. I believe that's coming very, very soon for me. Uh, because of you guys, because of these platforms, because of this message, because it's manifest in the spiritual world. And why was my dream so important? Because the dream I had two nights ago. Let me flash back about two weeks ago. My wife and I were driving around. We saw that they're building a new neighborhood outside of town, real close to where my wife teaches at her school. 
had some, you know, affordable houses on, you know, one acre. Uh, really, really liked what they were doing out there. So we went to look. Well, we got lost along the way. Um, and in getting lost, we found a beautiful blue house out in the country, wraparound porch, a good amount of land around it. Couldn't tell much land, but had established trees. It's like that perfect farmhouse that we've always wanted. Um, and we just fell in love with it. And we said, whenever that comes available, we'll buy it. Well, guess what? This weekend, it came available. And it's way out of my price range. Like, way out of my price range. Um, but somehow, I have this dream, night before last. And this dream, I was working on this house. My wife and I are working. I've got friends and family members. We're doing the demo, replacing floor. We uncovered a wall that had a fireplace on it. It's this big, beautiful house that just needed a lot of love. And so we're working on this house. And I just remember this sense of this is where I'm supposed to be. And I didn't move back to my old house, by the way, which my dad bought way back then, and he's turned it into a rent house. I didn't buy that back because we didn't want a bunch of projects. It needed a lot of work still. Um, so I didn't buy that, and that's why we moved here. But for And so this is why that dream is important. Because I wasn't ready for a project. Because I knew I needed to step back and do this thing and get this in motion. And for some reason, after that dream, I woke up knowing, hey, that's where I'm supposed to be. I'm ready for a project. I'm ready to to do the paint and the demolition and then the rebuilding and all the things to make a property like that my own. Well, I felt in the dream like this this house had a lot of land around it, but it was also like in a kind of in a neighborhood. Well, this house that came available that we said we would buy, we found out too the other day that they're building a neighborhood right across the street from it, yet there's still 10 acres of land behind it. Beautiful views of the sunset. I can still build a, a meditation center. I could still build an Airbnb, something like that. Uh, I could even have uh, family members that could live on the land with me eventually if we wanted to build another house on it, especially as I have family members get older. It's just all there, guys. And I'm like, and now this thing is available. I don't know how. But I think that that house is part of my reality in the future. And I may be wrong. It may be a different house like that. But for some, for whatever it is, I know that in the spiritual realm, I'm ready for that type of project again. This is underway. I'm stepping into where I'm supposed to be. I have that sense of wellness that I'm in the timeline I'm supposed to be. And I'm ready to start building it and working it. And, I, and I'm guessing you guys have a similar timeline that you're ready to step into as well. And that's one of the biggest things I want to share on today's episode is if you have not checked out God-Given Gifts of Brilliance, this is my book, about stepping into your Christ-centered success. I highly recommend it. I narrate it. It's about five hours long. This is the new audio book. Um, you can get it over on my profile link. It's highly reviewed. We sold a lot of copies this last weekend. Um, it's like 12 bucks. If you don't want to do the Audible membership, you can just do the buy now option on it, and it's like 12 bucks. 
But I promise you guys, everyone that's read this has stepped into a new season of their life. They have looked within at the gifts God actually gave them to start stepping into these timelines. And I'm literally reading it myself. I'm literally reading it myself. Uh, learning from it. And that's why I talk about I'll buy it now. Kimberly says, thank you so much, Kimberly. God bless you. Please leave a review too if you love it. Um, I know you will. Other people have just raved about it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, he speaks to you today. Have no anxiety over tomorrow. Amen, Jeff. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys. Uh, maybe the dream means your house uh, is with you in family. Everything else is material. Very good, very good, Sonora. I love that. Uh, I want to manifest my dream life, uh, positivity, Chris, Hey, it's exactly what I'm talking about today. That's exactly what my book is about manifesting in the spirit. And then we can see it in the, in the physical realm. Um, so anyway, I hope you guys received today's message. Well, this is just the morning live stream and my phone's almost, uh, out of battery. So, uh, thank you, iPhone, for, for the batteries lasting a whopping two hours on a live stream. And it's a brand new phone. So, anyway, physical world, right? Gotta love it. Anyway, I love you guys. I hope you have an awesome, awesome day. Catch me at 4 o'clock. I live stream at 4 o'clock every day as well. I'm going to start doing 11 and 4 every day um, just because I can, right? I do this full time. Why not? I might as well... We might as well keep having these conversations, put out more podcasts. It's more stuff you guys can share. It's more study and we can do together. Thank you guys for supporting me through the book sales and the, all the apparel and t-shirts and posters and stuff of my artwork. This is my artwork in the background too. I just updated the book cover from the original one to this new one because it much better represents what's in the book. So anyway, I love you guys. Have a beautiful, beautiful afternoon. Catch me at four o'clock right here. Love you guys. Peace.